It is our foundation, that it is our security, that it is our strength. We thank you that you, you support us despite the fact that the world is feeling like it's falling apart. Lord, you are our center. You are the one who guides us and speaks to us. You take these moments and you open our hearts so that we can receive your change and, and we can align ourselves and we can, we can open our minds and our hearts so that we can look like you and act like you and extend your hands and your feet to this broken and hurting world. We pray, Lord, for this time that we would hear your voice. Your voice would be the loudest voice in here and that we would hear it loud and clear and receive it and then live out your command to love those around us and to love you. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. How you doing, Highlands? You good? So this last week was amazing, but a big part of why it was amazing with 60 kids at music camp is because of this guy right here and his amazing team. Jason Shore was teaching the keys. We had King David in there. He was leading bass sessions. We had Jimmy who was leading guitar sessions. We had people who were out here, Wendy, and we had um, Roy, Roy Tasha, and oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, I, well, you, you honored me, so let me say something nice about you. It's funny that that's funny, isn't it? <laughs> ben, I love you, man. I love you. I that's, that's say, <laughs> you know, Aww. I was here pretty early every day getting things ready to go. This is, your lead pastor is the kind of guy that beat me here every morning. You know, he was making coffee, setting up tables, getting donuts, whatever we needed. And he's just a wonderful, honorable man. So thank you, rock, you man. Yeah. Thank you. They made me promise never to make coffee again, though. That was, they tasted, oh, this is disgusting. Never again. We had an incredible music camp. It was amazing, and uh, a lot of visitors here today. I want to welcome you. If it's your first time here today, we are so happy to have you here, and we realize there's not very many seats. We'll get to that later. We're going to do a reno. We've heard about this next week so that we can add more seats to this worship space. But we want to welcome you. If you're, if you're here for the first time, please make a point of saying hi to us. We'd like to get to know you better. And then there's also some middle school students here that uh, they're going into middle school for the first time. And they've been, some of them have been in Adventureland for as long as they've ever been to church in our children's ministry program. And so now they're moving up here into, the, into this service, into the worship space upstairs. And so we really want to welcome them and let them know, let you guys, you middle school students are moving in. We are so happy that you're here with us. And we feel uh, blessed by you being here. So we're so glad to have you. The the change that is happening here is just layered. There's a thousand different changes happening. And um, this extreme church makeover, we had 60 to 70 kids at the music camp. But on Tuesday, we had almost 70 people who came to learn and learn about their roles. If you don't know what your team is for extreme church makeover or you haven't signed up yet, please just let us know afterward. We can sign you up, no problem. But there were 60, 70 people all planning and figuring out how they were going to change this worship space up here. So the idea is to rotate it, and then we are going to, um, you know, have you ever heard this saying, change is strange? You, I, did I make that up? No, I don't know. So maybe, but change is strange. And uh, so there's a lot of changes, but some of the changes are to make it less strange. Like for, for, for visitors, for you, it, it will be strange not to walk through a kitchen in order to come into worship space. That will be strange. But for other people who come, they'll think, wow. Uh, this is just a normal church. (laughs) I walk through a normal door and I don't go through a kitchen. So, so there's change is strange 
things will be changing, but the biggest thing that will change, we hope, is the heart. We, we, you know, the physical stuff is important, but, but when you invest yourself into preparing a dinner table for people to come over to your house and prepare it, and make it really beautiful, you're so excited when those visitors come. When we invest ourselves into this space and to prepare it for the visitors that will come this fall, we're going to be all that much more excited and eager and excited to welcome new visitors and, and to welcome new people. And hopefully, they'll, when they walk in through the doors and not the kitchen, they'll feel at home. <laughs> and, and the children's ministries are going to be renovated too, so that when a parent drops off their kid, they will feel like, wow, God has prepared a space for my kid to build their foundation on the love of Jesus. It's a a beautiful vision, so we'll see what happens. The other thing is, if it's a bad idea, we'll just rotate it back the next week, so don't worry about it, okay? So so, so don't get too worried. Um, So we're really excited about this series called Extreme Church Makeover. Did anybody watch this series of Extreme Church Makeover? No one watched that series. That's weird because they always had high ratings. So it must have been everyone except the people in this room. It, it, it's not Extreme Church Makeover, Extreme Home Makeover. Do you, okay, sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, he doesn't, he doesn't speak English, I don't think. Um, yeah. Did you cry every time you saw it? Like, oh, it's so sad. I cried every time I saw that. Today, we are talking about Extreme Church Makeover. And uh, there are churches. There was a church 2,000 years ago in Rome. Uh, that had a letter sent to them by a guy named Paul. He was one of the first Christians. You know, Christian actually means mini Christ. It's like mini me Christ. So, so all the Christians were basically like, I'm mini me for Jesus. And so they would, uh, they would, he wrote this letter to this church and the church was being persecuted. They were being persecuted. Um, what's a better way to put it? Uh, they were experiencing racism in their community. They were being, they were the victims of racism in their community. And they had experienced this hate that was the manifestation of this racism, um, telling them that they, they, they weren't part of the right country, that they weren't part of the right people, that they didn't belong uh, as members of God's family. And it hurt them. And, uh, and Paul realized that this church had begun to like respond to the hate and to become haters. Like they had started to started to hate back, like 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 reflect the thing that they were looking at the most, which was the hate. And it had started to change their hearts. And Paul, Paul was worried about that. And so he wrote this letter to them to help them remember that the way of hate is not the way of God. Ever. And these are the words that he wrote. They're some of my favorite words in Scripture. And it's just, it's amazing, isn't it? This is just the Scripture that, that there's working our way through Romans. This is just the one we get today, God. So cool. Listen to the words of Scripture. Paul said these words. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Notice it doesn't say hate the evil, the people who are doing evil. It doesn't say hate the people who are doing evil. Hate what is evil. Hate the evil. And hold fast to good. Love one another with mutual affection. And outdo one another in showing honor. I love this. There could be a holy competition. I am going to challenge you to see if I can, I can honor you more. That was the competition that Paul wanted to happen in that church. Outdo one another in showing honor. And I love this. Do not lag in zeal. Don't give up. 
but be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord. This idea of service is humility. It has a towel over your arm. You, yes, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Serving is, is, is scrubbing the floors. It's what's going to happen this Saturday. Serve the Lord. Serve Jesus. Don't forget who you're serving, by the way. And then it says, rejoice in hope. You may not have the reason to rejoice right now. A lot of times we don't. You look around at the world, you realize that there's a lot of darkness and you don't have a lot to rejoice in, but your, rejoice, your joy comes from the future promises that Jesus says, the, the promise of Jesus' love. That's where your joy comes from. So rejoice in hope. Be patient in your suffering. Suffering will take place, but there's a patience you have to have. And patience also indicates that there's a waiting, right? And then I love this one, persevere in prayer. Talk to God, talk to God all the time. Just keep talking to God, no matter what. Contribute to the needs of the saints. The church is the light of the world. This mission is a really important thing. Contribute to it, believe in it, and support it. But then extend hospitality to strangers. Not just, not just like, you know, people who are like, you don't know. Like strange strangers, really strange strangers. I mean, some of you middle schoolers are in here for the first time. You've heard stranger danger your whole life, right? But the other part is, be nice to strangers. Also be nice to strangers. Be hospitable to strangers. And when they said hospitable, now this is the part you shouldn't listen to. <laughs> it's a challenging part. It was, it was to give them a place to stay and, and to welcome, it, welcome them in. And then it, it goes on to say, bless those who persecute you. Boy, that's hard. Now, a lot of us haven't experienced racism in our life. We haven't been the victims of racism, but a lot have. But if you ever experienced it, the pain that you'd experience, then to bless those people, to wish good on them, but listen to what it says, bless those who persecute you and bless them and do not curse them. He wants to say it twice. It's really important. And he goes on to say, rejoice with those who rejoice. You ever had a hard time celebrating with another person? Like, like they're having a really good day and then you're, you've just had a really bad day? Or, or maybe you heard that someone else is having a baby, but you just haven't been able to have a baby. It's really hard for you to, to celebrate with that human being, to say, oh, I'm really happy for you. But when you start to care about someone, that's when there's this transformation that takes place. Somehow, you're able to celebrate with them, even though there may be a distance. And that celebrating with them, and then the weeping with them too, caring about them, and when they're in pain, you're in pain. So you start to identify with them and start to understand them. And then it goes on to say, live in harmony with one another. Now, this doesn't mean Harmony California. I just wanted to be clear. Like, and those eight people don't want anyone else moving there. It's really clear to the rest of us, right? They figured out a way to live in harmony. Just eight of us, we can do this, yes. But if there's nine, it's not harmony. We're going to have to call it, you know, everywhere else. No, literalists, it's not live in harmony. I love you literalists, but that's not what it means. So live in harmony with one another. But listen to how you do that. You don't be haughty. You can't be haughty. Don't be haughty. I want a shirt that says, you don't be haughty. You know, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> but associate with the lowly. Don't claim to be wiser than you are. And then it says, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Boy, that's hard. If someone has ever hated you or done something really bad to you, I mean, you don't really want to like go bless them. Oh, I'm going to buy them a present. That sounds fantastic. I just, I just, they've, they've been hating me so well that I feel like what I want to do is just give them a nice thing. I just really want them to have, so no, you, you want something bad to happen to them, right? Like, like you're like, don't repay anyone evil for evil. There's this thing that happens and then 
but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. Have you ever heard of people, um, by the way, go back, just real, yeah, this is it. So don't, okay, have you ever heard of people say, God bless your little heart, but their teeth are clenched and what they really mean is go jump off a bridge? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? God bless his little heart. That's not what Jesus is talking about, by the way. Talking about real love. This is, gets confusing, but we'll get back to it in a second. And then it goes on to say, the scripture, if it is possible, now that's very important. This is a very important to be reading the Bible clearly. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, it doesn't always depend on you, okay? Live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all. Amen? Um, it is so hard to try to love people who hate. It is such a hard thing to care about people who want to inflict harm on other people or to bring other people to a place of darkness. And the scriptures that we have are confusingly like placed together. Like the first one is don't repay evil, anyone evil for evil, right? But then the next scripture right next to it says, bless those who persecute you. And then it says, let love be genuine. Now, I don't know about you, like there's nothing genuine about telling people that you love them if you don't really love them, right? It's very, very hard to say, okay, wait, this scripture is telling me to be real, to be as real as possible, but then it's asking me to do something that is not real, that is just totally inauthentic. It doesn't represent a real emotion in response to what I've experienced. But the key is the next scripture, and this, the key is this scripture that says, live in harmony. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly and do not claim to be wiser than you are. This scripture is saying that you, is reminding you of the truth of the Bible, that you are not better than any other human being on the face of this earth. That's what the Bible proclaims. Everybody, everybody was made in the image of God. Everybody. But not only are you not better than anyone else on this earth, nobody is better than you. We need to receive both of those truths. There's not a single person that is better than you in this world. We're all children of God. There's no nation that is better than another nation. There is no race that is better than another race. There is n- and, and I said to one person at the end of the service, they said, thank you for that message. I said, we all know it, but we just need to hear it, don't we? Everybody in this world is looking for light. They're looking for light. And they're looking, honestly, to all the wrong places for light. The light is Jesus Christ. The light, the church is the lighthouse. It's the light of the world. We have this opportunity to proclaim, this is, this is what, this is the good news. This is the beauty of who Jesus is. It's such a beautiful thing. And the other thing is, when you stop hating the person and you understand that we're all made the same, that that person, because they hate, is not better or worse than you, when you start to recognize that, you see that there's a brokenness in that human being and that there's an illness, a kind of a a, a sickness about that person. And you recognize, have you ever had someone come into the room and they just just bring something really nasty, like a nasty thought thought pattern or something? They come into the room, they're just like, blah! And then they leave and everybody's like, oh, that was so heavy. That was so, so painful. But I've always said like, yeah, you think that's tough. They have to live with it. Like, they can't walk away from it. 
They wake up with it. They go to sleep with it. They look in the mirror. That's their whole frame of reference. They, that, that they brought in the room for one minute is what they live with. <laughs> yeah, it's painful. It's painful. And, you, and the thing is, what Paul is asking you to do is to have compassion on them. To actually have pity on those people. And to, to pray for them. And to pray that they would be rehabilitated. And that takes a lot of faith to realize that something that looks dead, that something that only looks like death can come out of it, actually life can come out of that. That Jesus can take something that has otherwise got no hope for goodness and compassion and love. Remember Paul, the guy who wrote this letter, was someone who was out there on his path to go and persecute the Christian church. He was part of the perfect nation at the time. And instead, he discovered that when Jesus humbles you, you, you recognize who you are, there's healing, and then you can actually become a source of life in this, in this world. Now, I just, I'm just curious. On a scale of when, 1 to 10, when you went into middle school, was it like one being not strange, weird experience, awkward experience, and 10 being number, like the most awkward thing in your life. On a scale of one, one to 10, can you just shout out a number of like how awkward the beginning of middle school was for you? Just, I just want to hear numbers. Eight. eight. I heard a really loud eight. 10. I heard a 10. So weird, right? When you go into middle school, that is the strangest experience ever. So weird. Like you're going, uh, weird, yeah. When you go into middle school, <laughs> weird. So when you go into middle school, like you're like for me, my voice was changing. So I was like, Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm in middle school. I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> Some of you have noticed my voice is still changing. So I, I appreciate your compassion on me. You go from one class and one teacher to like a hundred teachers and seven classes. You don't have. Then you have a locker and and then there's cliques and then gangs and then hate hate groups. Basically, like that's the that's like where all hate groups start is in middle school. Just a theory. <laughs> Pretty good one, right? But that, then you experience this real world stuff. And I remember my dad took me into his office before I went off to middle school. And he said, I just want to give you some, some, some advice, some help as you're going to middle school, some tips tomorrow. And he said, I want you to be a leader. And when you go into middle school, I want you to First thing, I want you to look out for those kids that don't have anyone to eat with or, or spend time with at, at school. And I want you to go and find them and, and take care of them and make sure that you stand up for them. And he said, one day later, I remember that, that I was telling him about a bully in school. This bully was just bullying everyone. My dad said, don't you feel sorry for him? Don't you feel sorry? I mean, you really have to feel sorry for this person. I remember lesson after lesson from this scripture being preached to by my parents who would let me know the way of Jesus Christ, that the way was not of hate, that the way was to care for people and to not see myself as better than other people. Boy, in middle school, right? That's where it's like the groups think they're better than other groups. That's where you start to develop those ideas. And the reality is we're not better than one another. And our job is to love each other and, and to have compassion on one another. This, um, this last music camp was an amazing experience with these 60 kids. And I, I just, I have to say, they were kids that were like basically middle school, um, eight years old to middle school and a little above. And these kids, at the beginning of the week, started singing this song. And it was the song, um, it was the song, uh, what was it? 
got an old church choir singing in my soul. And then part of it is they sing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There's revival. They sing it just like that too. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You ready for these kids? They're gonna come in and sing in a second. But you know, I saw these kids at the beginning of the week and they're singing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. And we started to talk about the love of Jesus and building your life on the foundation of Jesus and encouraging these kids that are going into middle school for some of them for the first time. These, my daughter's going into the kindergarten and she snuck in because she's, you know, like, she's a little young, but she got to be a part of it. And just to see these kids like get ready for the school year, but in a beautiful way. And one of these kids was like, you know, hey, I, I was like, how was your, I just sat down. How was your year? She's like, ah, you know, it's pretty good. I spent four months in the hospital. Smiliest, most wonderful little girl. Another kid, how's, how are things? You know, it's, it's okay. Family's going through this thing. Mom and dad, all that other stuff. And just, just realizing that the constant, there's, there's change in this world, but what if there's this constant light that comes from, from the church because of Jesus Christ in their life? And through middle school and through high school, they just continue to hear this voice of love and, and care and compassion in their life. My, um, my dad, years ago, decided that our life wasn't hectic and chaotic enough as a family. So he introduced another member of our family, uh, a bird, a parrot named Kiki. Now, this is a picture of Kiki. Kiki was an African gray, beautiful bird. And the smartest birds are the African grays. And so they learn a lot. Well, Kiki was, we, we presume, uh, owned by a chain smoker before she came to us because she would always chain smoke. <sighs> you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're chain smokers, bird. Um. <laughs> And Kiki would, would fluff up her little feathers. And like any, any animal, any human being would know what that means. Like, come on, just, just scratch me right here. Just, just bend her neck. And you'd go in to, to scratch. You'd be like, oh, this should be so cute, little scratch. And then she would bite your finger like this. And it was just the most evil little bird. And it was like, what is this? By the way, when a parrot bite, who's been bit by a parrot? Has any, oh my gosh. Now, can I hear an amen is the worst thing in the world? It's so bad. It's like, it's like taking a pair of pliers and just, someone just went, up to you and squeezed it as hard as they could and let go. It's so horrible. And so we took the pair to the vet. I used to take this bird for walks with big construction gloves on. And she would still bite through the construction gloves. And then she would climb up on my ear and she'd, she'd be so nice. And then she'd bite my ear. And it was just the worst little animal. So they took her to the vet and the vet said, look, you can't ever expect her to change because her brain's not like a dog's brain. Her brain is like, a bird brain, well, bird brain, is like, <laughs> and then, so it's like tin foil. So when it gets broken or wrinkled, you can't smooth it out again. There's always the broken, the wrinkles in the brain. It, it can't be fixed. Well, I think some of you guys know where I'm headed with this. She turned into the most lovely bird She never bit anybody. She cuddled. She wanted to spend time with everybody. But the way it happened was with constant love constant compassion, recognizing the only reason she bit is because she'd been abused, and the only reason she was hurting is because she'd been hurt. That's how the world has changed. The world changes when we, we extend the love of Jesus. That's my sister with Kiki. When she, when she passed away, she passed away on my little shoulder. It was the saddest day of the whole, we just loved that little bird. Cradle to grave. 
We're going to love every single person that comes here. We're going to love them until they may be prickly and thorny like a porcupine, but we're going to keep loving them no matter what. Does that sound good? And now I'm going to, I want you guys to welcome the kids in. Uh, uh, They're going to come on and they're going to sing a song. Now these kids, these kids understand what it means to say, they ain't nothing going to steal my joy. And they're going to come to understand these words more and more as they start to walk through the valleys and they encounter the mountains. I want you to hear the depth and the beauty of the words that they say. Some of these kids didn't know whether they wanted to be part of dance at the beginning of the week or whether they wanted to be part of guitar or piano or, or bass. But at the end of the week, you could see them all having fun with their different instruments. We want to help them build a foundation of love to build their life on the foundation of Jesus' love. So in your bulletin today, there is a little card that has the scripture from today. And as a parent, I want you to read it and speak it to your kid in the language they'll understand. If you have a middle schooler, I'd like you to give it to them and put it in their, their lunchbox so they can paste it on the inside of their locker. Remember in middle school, there was always the kids that would like fall in love and they'd open it and the person that loved them would fill their locker with these beautiful things. What if, what if you opened your locker as a middle schooler and you found the words of Jesus saying, I love you? Real foundation of love. This is the ministry that we're a part of, and we believe that it is so important. It is so important. We're going to do a giving back in a second. By the way, you might want to be prepared for that now because once the kids start singing, you're not going to be able to pay attention to anything else. So just just a heads up. And um, contribute to the needs of the saints. Contribute to this vision and mission that we're doing. And, And over the next... 40 days, we are not just preparing for the extreme makeover of this building. We are doing, encouraging every person in here. There's another insult called, insults? Insert called, <laughs> it's so insulting. Um, 40 days of prayer. We want you to fill it out if you want to be a part of these 40 days of prayer. The prayer is there. You can pray anything. But it's leading up to our vision night when we are going to be announcing a compelling and exciting vision for this church and this community for the year 2020 because we have been working on some incredible ideas. And so this session is trying to figure out what exactly that's going to look like, which is a lot of work, and the leaders. So will you pray for them and, and fill out the card so we can email you? Let us pray. Are you guys all ready to pray? All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this love. We thank you for this community, this joy that we experience. We thank you that nothing can steal this joy. No hate, no hurt, no attack. Nothing can take the joy that we have in you. So no matter what, Lord, we pray that we would receive that love that you have for us today. We'd build our life on it. The the foundation of our family would be built on that love and that it would become, our families would become mission stations. We're sent into the world to share that love with other people who are hurting. And help us never ever to be jaded or think that there's any human being that is, is, is less than us or better than us. Any human being that can't be just melted by the power of your love. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. Would you give these guys a warm welcome? Leaders are so proud of these guys. Um, we, we had three days to work on all sorts of things. Um, we, they could, they could uh, learn about guitar and, and our bass guitar. Um, they could sing. They could dance. They could learn how to record themselves. And we uh, did all of those things with this one song called uh, Old Church Choir.
uh, which we get to play for you today. And um, one thing that we really impressed on them this whole week was just this general theme to treat others the way you want to be treated. And um, they did such a good job of that this week, and we were very proud of them. So what do you say? Should we uh, show them what we got? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, ready? There's revival and spread like a Thank you, all of you, uh, for supporting um, what 
they were doing this week. I had some of you come up to me before the camp started and just said, hey, we don't have kids, but we want to we support a few to be able to go. Thank you for doing that. What a blessing now to us and to them. We encourage you to, to leave that place with the same thing that they've been learning all week, and that's to treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Does that sound like a good idea? Let's do that. Okay. Let's do it. Have a wonderful rest of your morning, and we'll see you later.